Larry Holt, part two. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. All right, we keep dancing around, so I want to go back a couple steps. Uh, okay, so you you uh, you were a part-time, short-term Lola racing mechanic. Then you go motocrossing. I'm assuming now the engineering bug, the car bug, these are all kind of, all these things are biting you at once. So you go to university. Then you get this specialized education, not degree, in in this computerized uh, structural integrity thing that, that you're working on. Yep. And you don't get a degree. And you've hinted it that you might have gotten in some trouble. So w- tell, tell us about why you didn't have a degree for some time. So I go to Ryerson. I get there. And man, it was just, just a treat. Like we had uh, first year, we had some machine shops, some hand. Right. We had a lot of drafting, which I right. Just and out. you had Edgerton's. And then we had, had well, there's two pubs because okay, this sorry. the pub's going to play a role, and that's going to cause some okay. confusion because oh, that's okay. not the pub that Forget I was taken Edgerton. into by the cops. Don't care about them. There, no, Edgerton's okay. was Edgerton's, and okay. then there was something called the filling station. Oh, filling and station. The filling right. station. There's two the two pubs. Okay. And so um, I have a great time. And I have a great time, and, and and we go. First, second year was a treat. In third year, I got connected up with some people who, uh, I'm going to say bad people, but they're not bad people. So every, if you've been to university, every every course, every uh, part, you know, engineering and you know, whatever other, you know, we had nursing, we had, you know, <laughs> there's the old stereotype, engineers and nurses and and you got architecture, and, and every one of those had something called a course union that where, where you, you, know, you were represented by the total course union. So if you had a grievance with the university or you wanted to do something or you wanted to build a new thing, or the, the students had a say. And so there was one for mechanical engineering. There was a course, course union for mechanical engineering. And, and uh, I got hooked up with those guys. But they were... They were the official front, for, you know, that the forward-facing connection with the university was was the course union, was the mechanical engineering course union. Behind the scenes, they had a an under-the-ground um, sort of special unit called Mech Force 10. Of course, the engineers came up with a name called Mech Force 10. Mech Force 10. Mech Force 10 is the underground union yes. of students. It's like the what color of the jackets. Yeah. 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 It was... It was cool. MacForce 10 was king. You just called the <laughs> of, uh, of 20-year-old student unions? Yeah. Uh-huh. We were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We same were. thing. Same cause. No, different cause. Different right. cause. Same, 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 same approach. Same, same approach. Same approach. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, we had a cannon. <laughs> you did have a cannon. Eye. Yeah, we had a cannon. At MechForce 10? MechForce 10 had a cannon. MechForce 10 had a jacket. Yeah. Like there had to be badass jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had, we had, um, we had, uh, what do we have? Who are your rivals? Somebody stole my jacket. <laughs> I, I am. Um, you know, I stopped buying jackets because, you know, I went through so many universities, it's getting expensive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's fair. All right. So you're not part of this forward. You're no, part no, of the no, end. I was. Uh, you're, okay, you're part I, of Mech Force Ten. I became part of Mech Force Ten yeah. in in uh, in when I was in second year. The Underground Engineering yes. Student Union. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the and the and the union uh-huh. um, were the official union had their own office, which and the engineering wing of the university is part of the old school it was and and it was um, part of the the. Um, sort of where the headquarters part was where anyway there was a there was an old vault a walk-in vault that was it was part of that that and we had that as an office it was so cool i, yeah. I don't i know i'm gonna derail and i don't mean to yeah, but, but uh 
So I understand the purpose, of, an actual purpose of a student union, like to advocate for certain things students yes. should have yes. or the courses yes. need to be changed this way. What does an underground student union serve that a regular student union would? No, well, it's an attachment. Like I say, it's, uh -huh. a, it's a subsection. But and, doing and what? We, we used to cause a load of like we're okay. doing, so, so well they had they used to have, we so, used to have competition competitions between competitions between the universities on uh, things like we used to, the canon wasn't we, every mechanical engineering uh, school around Ontario had a canon we used to have canon shoots it was just about the noise not what come out of it we didn't okay. shoot things out of it and ours was pretty pretty polytechnic like it was just a chunk of blue gunmetal machined and with a barrel and it was like rough looking and we kept it in a black samsonite briefcase uh, like the blues brothers i see and of course u of t university of toronto just down the road proper school it, it used to bring their cannon over with a you know it's a wooden base brass brass cannon guard three guys with black masks on with a chain around him it was all a little bit like please sir can i have another you know the, the, the first scenes of animal, animal house, house where, yeah, yeah, yeah like that i see it's okay. a bit like that we were we were the Delta Chi of, yeah. of, okay. of Animal House. So if you're and if so you were born before 1985, it's, it's all, all makes sense. Us. It's all no. If you're like if you were born after 85, so there's a movie called The Animal House, which is about fraternity life, and Delta Chi. Uh, it, I, Delta is, Chi it was, was, uh, was, was the animal house. Was, right. was the, was John the, Belushi. The less conventional one. John, yeah. Yes, less yeah. conventional. Yes. yes. Which one were you in? It the, came out, by the way. Were you D -Day? Just, this is just a, this is just, yeah, I was D-Day. Okay. Uh, and, <laughs> I was D-Day. I was born before '85. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Go on. Um, so the in night in the thir when I was in second year, this really was the underlying aspect of it. It was April Fool's pranks, and so we took a Volkswagen Beetle and took the motor and everything out of it, and we carried it up three sets of stairs uh, in 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 the school the up to the, the top. Motor? Uh, without the motor, okay, just yeah, just yeah, the yeah, Beetle yeah, yeah. with yeah, the Mech Force with Mech Force Ten written on the side of, of it, and we chained it to the handrail on the top floor <laughs> and buggered off, and it and it, it made the school paper. Nice, nice. No, this is not nice. This is <laughs> this is like lame. Yeah. <laughs> but, but is this an annual tradition that like the, yes. the underground student unions yeah. all do an April Fool? Like, are you competing yes. with other student yeah. unions? Yeah, they did some. Some of the other guys did stuff. Okay, and I'll get to that in a minute because they did something that really, really. Because like the art so, history nerds are doing something over here, and you're. I don't know if the art history guys did, but architecture, sure. well, uh, civil. Okay, uh, you know so those among guys, all the engineering. Yeah, there was there was the, stuff going on. The left brain groups. So we did that, and and it. It got a bit of press, and they got a lot of press when they used the torch to try and cut it apart to get it out of there, and it went on fire, and and it was yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this yeah, yes, okay. this totally don't don't get excited about that. That's like lame. Okay, sorry. Following year, we got to go better than that. Yeah. So, so now you're a third it, year. I'm in third year, and okay. I'm right in there now, and, and, and I just helped carry that. Yeah, now you're like now. Mech Force Ten is ten, ten. 10 of us. There's 10 people in Mech Force 10. This is really very good. And and um, so we, that it's an old school school in that it's got a quadrangle, you know, like like old three stories all the way around, right downtown Toronto. That, that block of Toronto must be worth gazillions. And grassy, you know, and the students used to sit out there. And in the middle of it, or one end in the middle of it, there was the facade or the front of the old school that had been there. And they knocked the whole school down, built all this new building. And there's this three-story high facade. It's got windows and glass. But you just walk through it. It's just, yeah. just this I very see. It's tall a thing. Wall. Sure, yeah. Marco, 
he's the leader. He says, let's put a Volkswagen on top of there. Nice. And yeah. so how are we going to do that? And so we did it. We, we built a crane. But we, <laughs> we're, we're, we fabricated a crane. Yeah. We used a little fine element. No, we didn't use fine element. Anyway, so we, we built this crane. And it was it's very cool. Single single boom, but with, with a center with cables, tension cables to pull a thing. And, and a, a, a base, like a, a swivel base. And we took this. We anyway. So on the night, on on the on the April first eve, um, ten of us broke into the quadrangle, and um, with a snowmobile trailer, with a crane, and a Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with no engine and no wheels, but but a Volkswagen shell, yeah. right? With a with a pull hook on it, with a lift hook on the top of it. And um, we 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 took a piece of fishing wire with a nut and we threw it up over top of the over top of the facade and we hauled up a rope and then a pulley and then we we pulled up my my buddy Angus Smith I can use his name he actually runs the Ford GT plant down here <laughs> shout out yeah yeah he wouldn't have got a job if it weren't for me we, no, I'm not, that's completely uh, name, I saved him. absolutely yeah. not he is absolutely the best that guy is a great engineer. Um, and, but he was little, so we all uh, – Now the truth oh, comes yeah. out. Yeah, and he's yeah, a skydiver. Yeah. He's got like seven or 8,000 jumps. So yeah. he's fearless he's and little. Heights and he's so tiny. you're going up. Yep. Yep. So we haul him up there. We get him up on top of there. And um, we get him up on top of there. And, and then he hauls up all the pieces of the crane and builds up the crane. Actually, we got two guys up there. We got the crane built, and it, it all went together. And then – Swing it around, and on the back side of the crane, on the on the back side, we had six uh, nylon ropes. So we're going to humanly counterweight yeah. the the car. We got the cable down, hooked it on, and just had a boat winch on it. Just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Ryerson doesn't have much of security. Well, they can. Okay. <laughs> and we were about six feet off, five feet off the top. Okay. How, the, how tall is this thing? It's like three stories, okay. two, two and a half. That's, that's a reasonable <laughs> that's height. Yeah, that's a real problem. And yeah. so we we crank we crank, we crank that we crank that all the way all the way up there and and um, and and he stopped us and I they let Security. it down. And I said, yeah. well, I, you know, boat winch. You're not gonna if you if you pull that back and let the pole it's go, go it's gonna <laughs> crash. And so we said, no, that's dangerous. Okay, we we can't, we can't we can't do that. We gotta go. That, up. that would yeah. be dangerous. The only way is to finish this off. He goes, I'm gonna I gotta phone the police. So, uh, okay, so Sir, I'm 21. Off. I know safety. He, he, anyway, so off he goes to phone the police. He okay. goes phone the, phone the police, and we get this thing. Right, swing up, drop it on, and yeah. think, and we throw the crane to the ground. Like we we had this plan of saving the crane, and and <laughs> you know for the next time. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so uh, throw the crane down. And sure enough, then all the boys, all the all the boys show up, and they're yellow. In those days, the cop cars were all yellow in Toronto, and they all have like oh, got to be six six cop cars. Blah, blah, blah. And 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 there's ten of them. And we just we run out <laughs> out there, like little eight year olds. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we run like little kids out yeah. there, and, and we run down to the no- up to the north end of the of the quadrangle and the gates, the iron gates are closed. And we went over there like Marines (laughs) and they're all pointy on the top. Yeah. And to keep people out. And we got over them. Like, I don't even remember going over, but we just, we got over them. And some of the cops pulled out knowing we were going up to the next street and uh, with Gerard and we ran across Gerard and we went in behind the student uh, housing, uh, Neil Wysak, and we all climbed in the garbage containers (laughs) and we stayed in them for like three hours 
in a garbage container. Yeah, yeah. And the cops dispersed, and then we all went our ways. I said, come on, Angus. He lived out in the West End. I said, Angus, come on. Um, you can stay at my place. And he, he'd never met um, my girlfriend at the time. And, and um, we get to the door and open the door. It's like 6 in the morning. And I said, I'll be gone an hour. And she goes, where the f*** have you been? <laughs> and Angus goes, it's okay. I can go, I can go sleep on the couch in the, in the, and he buggers off. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't going in there. <laughs> and so, and so, and the next day, there it is. And, <laughs> and the, the Volkswagen up on the thing. And the next day, it's on the front page of every newspaper in Toronto. And the next week, it was in McLean's, which is our Times, our Time magazine. Yeah. We have McLean's up here. It's in there. Yeah. And Brian Siegel, who runs, is the boss of the of the university. Ah, our engineering students are the most innovative in the world. He just ate it. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Just, yeah, that. wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got another twelve months to go. Okay. Um, yeah, it was on all it's all the papers, and and it was just a huge deal, like a big deal, and everybody. And then on the Monday after, I think it was, we all show up at school. And there's a building built over it. And architecture had just come from off campus. They'd been two miles away or something. They just got a new building. And they were back in, on the campus. And they got up there and built it because they were architecture. Built a building and written on the side of it, architecture is back. Oh. I got to give him. I got to hand it to him for one upping him. Yeah, they uh, they one up us yeah. for a few. Wait, and so I see two things just happened. One, you've just been one upped. Yeah. So now there's a competitive streak. <laughs> but two, and you can tell me I'm wrong because I, I truly don't know where the story is going. Uh, the guy in charge of the school. Brian Siegel. Brian yeah. Siegel yeah. kind of just endorsed your behavior. A I don't know bit, if which we, might have encouraged the bad behavior. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I can't. I could wait till the end, okay. but I'm never going to say Brian Siegel reinforced the, you know, that we should do something worse. No, not, no, <laughs> but now you've got it, maybe a false yeah. sense of confidence. Like, Oh, they're cool. Oh, it'll be they're all right. They this. were very yeah. cool with that. Yeah. Right. Talk about the innovation of the, sure. anyway, they had to get a, they had to get a big like industrial crane in and get it <laughs> off there. And, which is a, which and, is like a, yeah. yeah. And the security guys, I know for a fact, got just a big, because we're in a secure area. Right. Like, yeah, should yeah, be yeah. possible. This should not have been Shouldn't able to happen. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Roll on. End of the year comes the school year that year, third end of third year, and, and they have this thing called the smoker. Uh, I won't tell you all the things that go on at it, the engineering smoker, and it's at Edgerton's. And uh, you guys, you know, you're going to have to go there now. Um, yeah. And so we, uh, they vote in the next president, and, and they voted me in as the next president. Oh. So, of MEC-10? Of, no, no, no of, of, this, the, of the of union. union. Of the, oh, yeah. the real deal. I yeah, got yeah. the office, uh, okay. and the... Yeah. And Willie Harney, my buddy, he 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 got the he became the president of the student chapter of the SAE okay. Society oh, yeah, of Automotive yeah. Engineers, yeah, cool. and um, and I was the pre I became the president of the course union, uh, course union. That's a real job. And, and so yeah, and and we we had a budget and we had thing and I had a treasurer and you know we did a we had a huge dance. I remember in September we put on a a, a joint dance between engineering and mechanical engineering and nursing. It was huge, and and um, and, it, and we used and we used to do some like stuff like well that we called that the cruise missile. Remember, cruise missiles were a big thing, and cruise missiles were being um, well, they are a big thing, but they were testing them in the Mackenzie Valley here. Oh, the U.S. was testing their cruise missiles in Canada up the, and it was just super controversial. Like, yeah. and they, we had student uprising you know with oh, placards yeah, and everybody ah oh, the yeah. americans should be testing their yeah, weapons yeah. and i don't disagree i think americans you test their you got your own 
places. To, you got the Grand Canyon for Ukraine. You got the Ukraine. Well, you got the Ukraine now. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, why you were testing them in Canada, I do not know. And I, you know, wasn't really. Well, we're not do it in our I wasn't politically uh, active at that time, but I was opportunistic. So we had a. We, we, <laughs> And we had this thing called the cruise missile dance, and and, <laughs> and the t- the punchline was come and get blasted before you get annihilated. Nice, <laughs> nice, yeah. And, and we had like a thousand people that listened. Made us so, so our we I think we got eight. We had eight hundred dollars when we took over the course union, and somewhere towards the end of the year we had like fifteen grand and <laughs> on your dances and, and on dances and now we did we had fundraising yeah, and then yeah. you know midday when we didn't have a course we would get mother oh that was the name of the canon mother with a u when, <laughs> and, and when we take the samsonite briefcase and run into the, this is all under you know we should only have them in these official canon shoots we'd run out into the quadrangle and light her up like we'd pack her up in the thing Boom. light her off yeah. Boom! And then we'd run back into them and lock the door on the vault, and the security would all be banging on the door, and they'd be, come out here. I'm sorry, we can't hear you. I'm all very, like, totally immature. We should not be behaving like that. We had a full wet bar in there. It was uh, it was proper. Yeah. Proper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And so then uh, comes time. Yes. Yeah, so now it's springtime, April 1st. What are we going to do? Okay. Larry says, well, we're going to. The quadrangles, uh, the, 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 where we put it the year before, is only really about the same height as the rest of the buildings around it there. Um, but the, the business building on campus was 12 stories. And on top of it, it had a three-story uh, billboard frame, billboard hoarding frame, with no billboard on it. Looked really dangerous. <laughs> said, we're going to put it up there. The Volkswagen. We're going to put a Volkswagen up there. How the hell are we going to get a yeah. Volkswagen up there? I said, we're going to section it. So we're, we're going to, uh-huh. and, and we're going to section this Volkswagen. And so the fender's on a Volkswagen. Like learning the software, guys. Yeah. The, 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 the fender's on a Volkswagen. You know, they just, you take them off. They just, they just come off. They're, they're almost separate pieces. The doors are separate pieces. And the hood is separate. You know, the engine cover. So you can Don't need this. bumpers. Yeah. Don't need a floor pan. You can make a steel floor pan. Just a steel tube frame, very light thing to put it to. And then the big one was cut it right down the middle, and and then put plates. You know, so drill, put 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 plates in. Pre-drill holes on this side. Pre-drill yeah. here. Rivet it on this side, but have this so you can align it. And then with like five guys with pot riveters, and and then we carry all this stuff up there. And and we got up there a few times, figured it, measured it, so that the frame that we're building under it fit. <laughs> Right on the right on the billboard so board, you ended up in endurance racing, and you could chain <laughs> chain the, chain this thing to the top of this, and so and we did it. We 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 on April that night, March thirty first. Yeah, we went in there and we 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 had we got ourselves a bunch of you know detail minutiae you don't need. How do we get the key to override the elevator, and how do we do this, and how and how do we get the door to stay open because yeah. we used. The super glue and the key lock and when the guy closed it he never checked it and the door right. just opened and we got up there and we put it up and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's think. oceans 11 except it's toronto engineering yeah, yes. yeah 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 ontario and 11. we had a, and we had a pl- we we had a like 10 of us again ontario 10. 10 no alcohol before the mission right which is hard for us not even like a <laughs> warm up nothing bit? i gotta no, get tight yeah. no 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 okay. no drinking before the mission huh. and so um sure. and anyway so we did it. We got it up there. Got it up there about ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and we went to went to the pub. 
the, to the filling station, not Edgerton's. It was closed. Understood. Okay. And so <laughs> we're in there, and about 11 or so, 11 o'clock or so, um, the guys from night school um, uh, come in and, um, you know, we're taking a course a second time and said, hey, you know, the security guards are up on top of the building taking your Volkswagen now. I go, no, can't be. There's no way they would be allowed to do that. That would be that's dangerous, reckless, and there's no way. They'd have to fill out a million forms. And, yeah. But you know what? They didn't care. They were so embarrassed a few times before this. <laughs> they went up there yeah. in their polyester blue jackets and ties. Three of them went up there, and they, they took it back apart and threw all the pieces down onto the ground. Oh, geez. Or were in the process of yeah. trying to do that. Yeah. Let's say in the process. I'm thinking this is going somewhere. <laughs> so, okay. We, okay. Back to the pub. <laughs> uh, hang on I said I went and phoned the security desk I said if you continue this, this could have been a mistake um, if you continue to uh, to take that to take that down um, we will retaliate <laughs> this is deep throat I'm 20 I mean I'm 40 <laughs> This so then I came into the pub, <laughs> and um, at this point, alcohol was being consumed. Alcohol being consumed for yeah. a considerable amount. Well, you had a rule. Until, yeah. no, yeah. no, after. Yeah. We yeah. were yeah. drinking, okay. and then, the yeah. was and, and, yeah. and, then <laughs> and then they came in. We were three, two, three beers in yeah, by the time yeah, yeah. the guys yeah, came they, in and said they're taking it down. And now everybody, I get back in there, and they're like, like yeah. it's out of control. Yeah. And not completely out of control, but it could have been. And then, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then, and, and I just, I, and you can ask anybody who was there. I, I made, I made the speech from Animal House when they were getting thrown out of, they, when they got all expelled, yeah, when they yeah, got yeah, shut yeah, yeah, yeah. about, you know, you know, did, did, did the Americans give up when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Yeah. Yeah. Germans? I forget it. He's rolling. No. <laughs> what this, what this calls for is a truly futile act. <laughs> And Willie Harney, my good friend Willie Harney, he says, you know, he says, I got this expanding foam. <laughs> oh, even then. And, uh, yeah. He says, I got this expanding foam. I, I, I didn't know nothing about it. And uh, he says, yeah, it's, it's amazing. He says, you mix it, two parts. And, it, and he says, it expands 1,500%. Like, 1,500%. Whoa. And, and I said, how much you got? He says, 15 gallons. And he says, actually, I, I can't use it because I got, it's the wrong stuff. It, it, I wanted the stuff that goes like that. And it goes hard so they can carve it. And it, it goes like this and it makes like cushion foam. And I said, wow. And, and, and everybody thought the same thing at the same time. You know, we, we could um, mix that up. And, we, and, and the security desk was, was on the first floor in the business, in the, in the, in the uh, library building and we could like throw it over the counter because we did say we were going to retaliate yeah, yeah. We're, hey you're man your word <laughs> we're liquored yeah. and we got to say to our own yeah so yeah. so um uh, so yeah we're going to throw it behind the um throw it behind the, the 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 security desk and see this you know it's all going to foam up and it's going to catch the, the security guards in it like you know, like raisins in a in a muffin or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were yeah. drinking. Yeah, like ants suffocating in a sink. Yeah. yeah. So off we go. First stop, um, welding. We're on it now. Go in the welding shop, and we get four welding masks, and we take the we take the glass out of the wine. So 
We so got, you have disguise. We got disguises. Yeah. So look through the slit in a welding mask, right? Get rid of the dark glass and just look through the slit. And we go to the student shop where we're building all these cars, Formula SE and the thing. And and um, we here's the stuff. There, there's there's three 20 liter five gallon pails, right? And so we we take one part of that one, two parts of that one, and we start mixing it. We got stopwatch. Highly, because we want to know the yeah, you want to get the math highly scientific. You're going to get the math right. Yeah, and it goes, it goes like it's got less than that much in there. Yeah, it's like a little shot glass. About three minutes, and everybody's looking at it, going, yeah, right, yeah. Nobody's thinking, how could this go bad? No, no, nobody's thinking this little bit created this much. Yeah, holy, if we get the whole gallon, you could actually fill the security office with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did pull our car down. And nobody ever saw it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got to justified, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. You, you call. So off we go. Yeah. Ten of us. Ten of us. Nobody back down. We go up thing. Cross. Cross through the nurse. We go thing, and we go with the second floor above the security desk in the library building. We go in a bathroom. Along the way, we got this, that. We got a couple of big wooden sticks. We got electric drill with a, yeah. with a mixer head. I mean, yeah. we were we were all in it. All 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 organized. And we get in this bathroom. <laughs> One day, they'll make we, seats out of this. <laughs> we'll p- pop this open. And, hey, that's a funny thing you should say because Magna had a had – a, and I worked in the, in the building where they were making foam seats like a few years later. <laughs> like it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not good. Right? And, and we take the lids off. Yeah, and put, you know, put it in. And, and it's those plastic – and it's going blip, yeah. blip. And yeah. the air's caught in, yeah. in the top, and it, it's just going in really slow, <laughs> like really slow. And like three minutes go by, and it's like, wow, we we haven't got yeah. four gallons in there. Yeah. And it sure ain't at two to one. It's at whatever yeah. speed. And then it starts coming up this garbage container, and, and it's and everybody's going, whoa, <laughs> whoa, my eyes are watering. It, man, it's hot. Like it, So it's, we've established this, what they call an exothermic reaction, and it's thrown off quite a bit of something nasty. Yeah. And yeah. and this exothermic. Poison mustard gas. Yeah. So it's an exothermic reaction, and we had, we had um, uh, you know, we had chosen the wrong time. We got a plastic garbage container. <laughs> it should have been a metal garbage container. We got a plastic one. So it's all getting a bit wonky. Uh, <laughs> at which point you'd go, we could get, we could go now. Like we could just get out of here. Yeah. And then, and, and, the, and then the next morning they go, what the hell happened in here? Yeah. Right. Um, but we didn't. <laughs> right. Because you, you, you had to succeed with the plot. No, yeah, that'd yeah. be like, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like getting on the beach, you know, on D-Day, and then going, nah, that's what we got to get out of here. Exactly this the lo- same. This is yeah. looking exactly bad. The same. <laughs> this is not yeah. looking good. So um, five, six of the guys, they went down the hallway yeah. and that thing, and then four of us put on our weld mask, and I carried it out with a guy named Ray Reese and got to the top <laughs> of the escalator um, and slipped. The shit's coming over the top of the thing, and I slip <laughs> and fall on my ass. And, and, uh, and then, but Willie grabs the other side, and they go down the – they go down there, at which point I should have, but I'm the leader. But, I mean, I, they were at the bottom by the time I got up, and I should have gone that way, but I didn't. I went down, and as I'm going down, I go, oh, man, this shit everywhere. <laughs> it's, like, it's like down I, the escalator? I, I, yeah, yeah, I get to the bottom of the escalator, and I turn just in time to see the boys chuck it over the. <laughs> oh, over and the, you're on the wrong end. They, yeah. they chuck it over the. Yeah. And, and, then, the, yeah, and then another bad coincidence happens. So whatever time it was, midnight exactly or yeah. whatever. Um, was shift change. So the four guys oh, on God. and the four guys off yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. they all come out of there like like 
like hornets out of them. They just hit a hornet's nest with a hockey stick. Yeah. And they all come out of there. And the boys are like well ahead of me. And they go up the stairs and out through the, the crash doors and down Victoria Street. And they were kind of gone. And I went through, you know, I went through a lower one and a guy got me. I turned around and knocked him down. That wasn't really smart either. But, and then I got, but I was just at that point. Well, so I started running. And those guys went that way on Gould Street. And I just keep, you know, racing down Victoria towards Dundas and my helmet comes off and and they got me because I was the slow guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to be like 30 pounds every night. I, I, I would still be the slow guy compared to those three. Right. I was the but slow guy. All this, yeah. They hauled my ass down and, yeah. and put a bit of a little bit of a licking on me and, and then, and then, and saying, ah, we got you now, you know, embarrassed us for, you know, a couple of years. Now you're dragged me back uh, to the security desk, put me in the, ba- in the toilet, in the bathroom, the washroom right beside the security desk. So I'm in there. <laughs> and looking at the T bar. Maybe I could get up like through get to there. the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gave it a little look, but it's all full of pipes and stuff. Yeah. And foam. I was in there about I wouldn't have been in there fifteen, twenty minutes. Door comes crashing open with three firefighters in full respiratory gear. <laughs> with ox with bottles on yeah. their back. Yeah. One of you know, holding axes. One of the guys, the guy's number one, got the number one on his thing. Yeah. He rips off his mask. He goes, What the hell is that? I went, he says, What is that? That that stuff. <laughs> I go, I don't know. <laughs> like but I honestly didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I don't even know if Willie knew. <laughs> like I didn't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. And um and he goes, It's toxic. It's toxic. My guys are 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 having trouble with it. And I go, I, I don't know if, if it if it is. I I I really I really didn't know. Right? So they go, ah fuck me, I'll go out. Yeah. They were really uptight. Like super wound <laughs> the firefighters? up. Firefighters? Yeah. Oh, they were yeah. super yeah. wound yeah. up. Having to wear respiratory Super yes. wound yeah. super yeah. wound up. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's some chemical that they don't know. I mean they gotta think the worst. Yeah. I don't know why they're so uptight about this. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, twenty minutes later, two of Toronto's finest come in, 52 division, come in and go, uh, so where are your buddies? Who? Who are the guys? The guys you were with, where are they? I I don't know. Who are they? I I don't know. I don't know. There's some guys. (laughs) I said, uh, okay, hang on, turn around. Yeah. Oh, put you in the cuffs. Ooh. Out we go um, down to the filling station. Go into filling station. Oh, oh they, they took you to the they pub. They take you. You didn't volunteer this. They take you down like yeah. they've all got to yeah. be hanging out there. Yeah, yeah. So we walk into filling station, you know. Hey, Larry. The guys. <laughs> some guy, not on my guys. Other guys. Larry, yeah. Larry. I got two cops from the end. I got handcuffed. And the boy, you know, got people in there going, hey, Larry, how you doing? Yeah. Everybody's drunk. They all think that whatever's going on is a laugh. Yeah. But they weren't in there. Like, I didn't lie to the cops. Yeah. It's the only thing I didn't do bad that night. I said, I... We didn't write your friends out. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 No, I never did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole way. And it got rough. And anyway, so they take <laughs> Back me... Back when f- cops could beat a guy and not get in trouble. <laughs> they're not going to beat me for foam. <laughs> like, that's... I mean, they're not... They just... Yeah. They wouldn't beat me up for that. I want... Well, that's and Canadian I, privilege. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe... Yeah, maple see, in your bro. land and you know, south <laughs> of the border, maybe you would have made it. You, you wouldn't have made it. Anyway, so... I got taken down to 52nd Division, and I got chained to a chair with my welding helmet beside me. And by this point, the stuff's going off. Like it's, it's, and, and my, 
I've fallen in on my jeans. Oh, right. And it's 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 going off and it's it's bonding itself to my ass. <laughs> uh, my Levi's are becoming part of me, and 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 that was uncomfortable. And 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 so then I got a I you know I got a some a guy you know in a suit comes out. I guess he's an investigative guy, and he he quizzes me. Who are your buddies? What are you doing? I said it was an April Fool's prank, and and I really don't know what it is. And this, and we knew it expanded, and and and, and who are your friends? And I go, well, I don't really know any of them very well. It was all kind of a blur, and, and so I never, I never he says, okay, you, it's it's a it's we're gonna charge you with um, mischief to public uh, property, and that's a criminal offense. So you got to go up to um, you got to go up to headquarters and get fingerprinted and numbered. So okay, off we go. We go up to up to up to the up to the headquarters and get the fingers and the thing and the pictures and get taken back to 52nd division, got put in a cell holding cell. The trip up and back was cool. Cause I was with a bunch of guys in there and they were, you know, they were all in there going, so what are you uh, like in a paddy wagon? Yeah. 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 <laughs> in the back of a paddy wagon. I go, what are you doing? Oh, he says, I beat the hell. I got drunk in the bar and I kicked the shit out of two guys and the thing and I broke their nose. And what are you doing? Oh, I was dealing some drugs. How about you? Yeah, mischief. <laughs> yeah, I'm being busted for mischief. <laughs> yeah. You guys know what two-part foam is? <laughs> so, um, and then I got back, and they kicked me out of there. They gave me McDonald's breakfast, and they kicked me out about 8 in the morning, and I, I walked. What happened in the U.S.? Yeah, same girl, same girl. Uh, same apartment. Oh, yeah. who was expecting you to be an hour. Yeah. 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 And this time, too. But I had phoned. You get one phone call. And, and I didn't know any lawyers. So I said, hey. And her brother-in-law or her sister's boyfriend was in law. Yeah, at at university. Yeah, closest I, I had. Yeah, that'll work. And so yeah, yeah, he he had nothing for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and so I got home, and then we had to cut cut the jeans off me with a with a Stanley <laughs> knife blade, and, and, uh, <laughs> and we went in the next morning, and you know. Willie, I got to hand it to him. He says, "Come on, let's go see, uh, let's go see McDonald, who's the the dean of engineering." And we went in his office to explain ourselves. I don't know what we were thinking. Willie had a plan. Willie always has a plan. He had a plan, and I didn't. I don't know what. <laughs> what am I going to say? And um, he just said, "Get out of here. I don't want to know. Just get out of my office. I don't want to know." And I got expelled. Oh, you did get wow. expelled. Yeah. yeah, that's the story. Yeah. yeah. I got expelled because everybody knew who it was. I got expelled. The yeah. president of the student union. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, two weeks before the end of regular classes in my fourth year, which was my fifth year of, of school. Of school, school, yeah. Top of my class. I had been nominated for something called a Ryerson Gold Medal, which was <laughs> a combination of your contribution to the school, which was yeah. the f- finishing second in the SAE fuel mileage competition yeah, out of 100 yeah. like yeah. MIT and yeah. Caltech and we, so we we finished second and and <laughs> and being president and we've done some great things for the school at me being president of the, and this and all these and my marks were at the top I got straight A's um and so I Ryerson gold medal and uh that was a you know didn't see that um and then I got kicked out and and then Paul Short this guy to this day I owe a lot. He was a guy that brought the FE guy in. He was my machine uh, design professor, just a top. Had worked at Massey Ferguson before, and Paul was, came to me and he said, "Just go to class and write your exams, even though they're telling you don't do that. Just do that." And so I did it. And then the mechanical 
um, engineering faculty, which is 125, 130 people, wrote a they 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 did a petition. All but two of them. My thermal prof, he wasn't in for it. <laughs> so I won't mention his name, but he wasn't in for it. And and um, although I did great in thermal, but um, anyway, they submitted that, and and then and then the boys, and it took them just that one day too long to to man up you know you know like if they'd manned up like in as it happened you know right it's eight, yeah. no no like eight days okay. but on the ninth day no more i'm deals. like hung yeah. yeah and they did man up yeah. they did and they and they sent a letter to brian siegel and and with all their names and saying we're a part of this and we want the thing and we're, we got to step up and so between get the, these guys signing a petition the the, the faculty and those boys stepping into it, the, prof- the, 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 the dean said, um, okay, you make restitution. We're gonna, we don't know what that is yet, but it's going to be significant. So you pay the damages. You pay the damages yeah. and the thing, and then we'll reinstate you. And so, but it was a lot of money, and I was already into student loans up to my ass. And uh, I, that ended up, I think, being about 18 uh, grand or more. Uh, the esc- we, we, we have total the escalator um, <laughs> and it, it stopped working yeah and, yeah, and uh, it, the phone, it, just, yeah. it stopped working yeah. Yeah. and but I was still up on this criminal charge and then I, I so then I had to get a lawyer and I got a, a good a good guy it cost me like 3,800 bucks which really all he did was took me in there two or three times listened to the charge and then he did a deal with the crown they went behind closed doors and he said the guy just graduated. It was an April Fool's prank. It went wrong. They're all stepped into it. They're going to pay restitution, and they let me go. But he still charged me a thirty. I got thirty eight. He's not the pay lawyer. So yeah, I got thirty eight hundred. He got me off the. That was about two months. There was two months there where I was pretty pretty hung out, like thing, right? And and oh, and there oh, and that was that year. No jobs. Yeah, I was banging yeah, nails. That's when you're. Yeah, and then the whole thing turned. With the one call from Hague Station. Where are mom yeah. and dad in, in this? Uh... Shaking their heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. weren't, we were never, you know, they they were never the parents that stopped me from being bad. And they were never the, but they were never the, it, it was. Um, I understand this. Yeah. I got, I got many years later, yeah. many years, many, many, many years later, Victoria's first trip to Portugal, mom and dad and thing. And I brought the boys. So, um you know, so, you know, Victoria's, you don't mind. Yeah, 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 there's no problem. And they became good friends. In fact, the boys are closer the boys and their in age effectively, yeah. sure. to her than they are to me, which is, um, they get along. Well, they know they're, they're, they're closer on the music thing than, than I am. Like, they're, they all, um, yeah, they're closer on music and stuff than I am and pop culture, you know. So they, so we all go to, we all go to Portugal and uh, we go for a drive down the coast and I got a rental car. And so dad says, yeah, you take mom and, you know, and the, and the boys and I'll drive Victoria. Victoria says to me afterwards, she says, um, they weren't 10 minutes down the road. And he, they said that, that little small talk, but the weather, the thing turns to her. And he says, you know, my disappoint, biggest disappointment with Lawrence. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, what? That he didn't get that Ryerson gold medal. This is oh. at 20, odd, 20, uh, 20, right. 20 years on, 25 yeah. years on. Yeah. You're wearing a Sebring 12 hour winter shirt. You won shirt. Le Mans. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, that was, that was after that. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. 
That was his biggest disappointment. Not that I, you know, no, he was very proud of me for a lot of things. Yeah, right. But, but, but that <laughs> he was couldn't that, look past the, Ryerson, the Ryerson gold medal <laughs> thing. So I got reinstated. I did finally graduate <laughs> at the end of '84 with a bunch of guys that were a year behind me. Okay. Yeah. So you even did the like you did the walk and all that. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they let me do all that. We paid the money. We did the thing. We got that. I got a good job at Massey Ferguson, and then six years after I started at Waterloo. I graduated. Congrats, man. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, along with a whole lot of other things, leads you to, I don't, I don't know if you call it criminal mentality. It's not the right <laughs> word. It's not the right word. I'm not a criminal. But I do have this, I do have this, um, which is you can get in the biggest <laughs> and get out of it. Yeah. Like, it's never the end. <laughs> It's, this is this that is look. this is it's life never, lessons yeah. Larry Holt. It's yeah. never the end. It's you can't get in. I mean, you can. I mean, if you, there are things you would do, not things that I would ever do. The things I do are. You didn't. You didn't it, say this it, to it, Scott it, Tucker, did you? <laughs> I guess there's a line, but there. But there. So we do a pass along question, and we were here about a week ago, and we had dinner with Dalton Kellett, who just did a couple of years of IndyCar racing. Yep. And his family is the K Line electrical wire. Yep. Yeah, I know K Line. Yeah. Um, so his question was, and, and at the time we didn't know we'd be interviewing you, so it's actually pretty funny that this works out. Uh, what's a complicated subject that you could explain to a five year old? <laughs> Can you really explain anything to a five year old? Um, I, I'm good at explaining stuff for sure, but what's I mean, the most complicated thing? That's a very weird. That's a very weird question. Um, I could explain how an internal combustion engine could wor works to a five-year-old. I want to. I want to cut to yeah, a <laughs> like a bunch of little kids, and right. little it's like, all right. So the piston so comes in. This is what happens here. <laughs> this is how it works. I think I could do that. A two-stroke, because it's easier. I see. Okay. <laughs> if you could ask a generic question of anybody in motorsports, what would it be? Yeah, what's, I guess, just like what you asked me in a very convoluted around-the-house way, what what motivated you? It's a, it's Motorsport is is not, I wouldn't say, a, it's, nobody could treat it as a mainstream occupation. It's not a mainstream occupation, as is not foot, playing football or hockey. That's not mainstream. What motivated you? to take up a career in motorsport. I base my answer to that was I didn't have a choice cuz I got I got it's like I got drunk the Kool-Aid when I was 12. But yet your first sort of job out of college um once you were done building houses uh like you fell into its right word or wrong word but you didn't you didn't graduate college and say, I want to work in motorsports. No, that's, you, well, you know I mean? no, you know what? If I, that's not, actually, I missed a piece in that when I come out of high school and I was looking at going to Waterloo, I, I wrote eight letters to eight engine builders in the UK because engines was my thing. Um, you know, would you hire me as an engine builder? So like Nicholson, McLaren, Swindon Racing Engines, all of all of the guys that were building race engines in 1978, I sent a letter to them all. Never got anything back. Went to Waterloo. Um, so I I had I loved racing through through all this stuff. But when I came out, 
of university, I can't say at the time, I was going, oh, I got to get into motor. So it's true. It's true what you say, Sean. I didn't go, oh, I got to get into motor racing. I'm going to take the first plane to, I couldn't because I, I was at that point had a criminal situation. <laughs> um, there, there wouldn't no, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, you know, I had to wait. I had to wait. Um, you know, and then this finite element, which I'm, Okay, here's a, here's the question you should ask me. Did finite element analysis attract you more than maybe getting into motor racing? And I would have said no. If I had a, got an engineering job in motor racing and it wasn't in structural analysis, I would have taken that motorsport opportunity probably. But I didn't have that opportunity. But this was an amazing opportunity in itself. Um, if I could have combined those, that would have been great, I think. But if I got involved in an, so I would have taken a motorsport job. Sure. I would have. But like, I mean, obviously we have extremely separate careers, but there is a commonality. Like my first job out of college was not in racing. Right. It was in TV production. Right. I always had an eye for motor motorsports, yeah. but I didn't go straight into motorsports. Right. You always had an eye for motorsports, but you went straight into yeah, yeah, yeah. something that yeah, was more yeah. to fit your specialty. And yeah. By having, and this is what I would say to anybody that's young, is like your first job out of college is not to be in racing. Just keep an eye on it, but build a specialty skill. Yeah. That's actually probably a better uh, – okay, so your advice would be – I would totally agree with your advice. I would give the same advice. Build your core capability expertise. And, and a lot of guys that got into motor racing at, at who were the top guys, they started aerospace or yeah. – um, you know, Hanford. I like to say the top guys, like you're not one of them. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not like the, the, the normal kind of, um, yeah, I, guess. I don't, I don't, um, because I got ADD, I think I've, I've never like being actually, yep, you got ADD, but for sure I got ADD. There's a tendency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. All um, of them. All, all of yeah, them. They're yeah, all there. All I'm pretty them. sure, uh, I'm pretty sure editor Sean right now is listening to this going, yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> so. I got ADD. I got ADD. So, so I couldn't be the you know a specialist because you know even Formula One now very specialist unless you're Adrian or you know the guy at that level um, where you've got a bigger and even he is like he's really focused on one aspect which is mostly right. aerodynamics right. But he's not it's, starting at 23 now. No, yeah. but you can't. Um, and he went through, you know, the, the, a huge change. And, like, he's totally dependent on CFD, on the computational fluid yeah. dynamics, like and, the but equivalent of But my, yet he's still a drawer from everything I know. He does. Yeah, he he, so, has, a, yeah, he yeah. has a board, a big board yeah. in his office with French curves. And he – a lot of people say, and I, I would agree, in that he somehow sees he, – he, he somehow can visualize flow, flow dynamics. He, he can visualize it. The analysis – helps him quantify it but he he has a gift he's absolutely got a gift um i don't have any of those gifts i i i'm a i'm more of a it's like my i in in high school you know there was a guy there mike lafleur who was just an amazing athlete but he wasn't a natural athlete he just worked so hard at it he was, you know, he was our best rugby player, huge basketball, great at volleyball, great, just an amazing, but he just worked really, really hard at it. I'm more like that. And so I can't, I'm not really, really good at any one thing. I'm just, but I brought a lot of really great talent together. You know, it's not Larry Holt doing all this. It's it's just a, a, a very, very strong team of guys that I've collected. If I do, you know, Ferrari had a saying, Enzo had a saying. Uh, something like, I'm not an engineer, 
I'm paraphrasing. I'm not an engineer or a mechanic or an expert. I am just a disruptor of men. And, and I could say the same of myself. I'm, I'm a, I use my mechanical technical skills to disrupt guys who are way better at it than I am. And, and I, you know, I bring ideas to the table. I just have a phenomenal group of people that I've been able to put, put together, surround myself with. And, and um, none of it's done by me. There's something to be said about your <clears throat> loyalty to you because you've got guys that work for you that I met when I first worked around you guys yeah. in 2001 that are still with you to this Sean day. Mason, Sean Mason, Charlie Cadieu, yeah, lots and lots of them, yeah. lots and lots and lots. Uh, Jean-Francois Chrétien, who does the dampers, you know, uh, um, they're all guys that have been. I got lots of guys that hit tw their 25 years and and um, yeah, I, I'm I don't know, I don't know why. I I think. Again, it's not just me. I think Multimatic kind of uh, – we have a lot of that at Multimatic in areas that I have no responsibility over. So Multimatic has that. There's there's certainly the Peter Chapka factor um, that that we do breed a lot of loyalty in, in the company. And uh, the guys running the other groups, like Dave Carswell, who runs our mechanisms group, he, he was there before me. Rudy, who runs – he was our CTO, be there before me. So, um, yeah, I've been a part of that for sure. But uh, it's 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 all it, that's that I can't explain to a five year old. <laughs> so if I'm if I'm Porsche and I'm this is three or four years ago and I'm looking for a partner in a new LMDH program, who's my first call? Is it you? Is it Peter? Oh no, it's always me. Right. Yeah, so here's where me. I'm going with this. So if I was a race fan off the street, not knowing anything about Larry Holt or the relationships. Yeah. And somebody was to point out, like, who's the guy selling to build a partnership with oh, Porsche? Yeah, and they pointed yeah. at you. I'd be like, yeah. what? Um, you know, you're, you you are a one-of-a-kind character in this sport. Uh, and I think anybody would agree with that. Somebody would say to sell a program, you need to be look a certain way, present yourself a certain way. And yet you clearly are very successful at selling programs. And you do not fit any of those molds. How does that work? Well, it doesn't work like the way you just described. Yeah. I don't think that you need to have the haircut and the jacket and the thing. I don't think anybody's impressed by that. There's, in fact, in fact, the majority of the people trying to sell things are those kind of people. Um, but the um, as in the majority of people that try to sell are the polished. Yeah, I'm going to look the certain way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the pro the the real problem is there's a, sometimes a disconnect between. The, the, the guys that are actually going to execute a program should you get it and the guy selling it, right? Like we are, are, are on, ourselves have our own sales organization because you can't, you can't sell every single thing that Multimatic does with the guy who's actually going to do it. Right, right, right. That, right. that can't be right. done. But you're the guy that's uh, going to run the program. But on an engine, but it, yeah, but yeah. on a, like a, something as big as a Porsche guy thing, you're not, sell, you're not going in with a sales guy. Right. You, you know, maybe you bring a guy so that he can, because there's a load of put together paperwork the, yeah, yeah, yeah. and purchase thing and all that stuff. You get management. It. But like if, if you're the guy that actually does it, okay, I'll, I'll let you in on a, a, a secret. It's not a secret. It's a story. When I was at Massey's and I was working on engineering stuff that was all computer driven, I had to work with the computer guys. So if you looked in the drawing office, Peter says this sometimes, you know, I, the reason I didn't become an engineer is he said, watch all that, uh, all the moonshot stuff, all the space stuff in the 60s. And there's all those guys in the control rooms, you know, and they all got white shirts 
and and ties, and they all got short hair, and they got the pocket protectors with the plastic <laughs> right. proc. He said, I didn't want to be one of them guys. And, and um, you know, not giving any thought to what they are actually are. <laughs> look at the way they look. Um, <laughs> and so I'm at Massey Ferguson, and, and, uh, and I'm working with all these IT guys. I'm working with all these engineering guys that are exactly what Peter just said. You know, they're, they're all got, they got plastic pocket protectors and, and they're wearing, you know, they're wearing uh, permapress shirts and, you know, and, and they're really short hair and big black glass glasses. And, and you, and they're geeksters, good, <laughs> clever guys, engineering guys. <laughs> then there's these it guys at Massey and they're wearing sweaters and they're not complying to any of the, they got long hair and many of them didn't wash very well. But, and they're real genius guys. I won't say I emulated them, but I went, I mean, you know, those guys are smart enough. And in fact, they're so smart. They're, they're, they're smart enough or clever enough or, or most valuable enough to do whatever, look any way they How want. they want. Yeah. However they want, right? They're, they're like that. And then it occurs to me that, you know, you could look like that with them, and then that would put you in that same, and everybody would just assume that you're so clever <laughs> that you, I'm not shitting you. Yeah, and if you're, um, if you look like that, and you dress like that, and you get away with it, you must be really clever. You're right. And, right. and um, I won't say it's an affectation, but it's, uh, it, it, I, I, I just acted and behaved like that, and I, I saw that in the IT community, um, who and they were super at that time. You had to be really clever. This wasn't like installing uh, malware <laughs> or like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It, it, that sort of security stuff. IT is a different thing today. In those days, it was pretty cutting edge and and doing the things we were doing um, to to use huge amounts of CPU to f- solve these problems. And we were doing it on mainframes in in Birmingham from King Street in Toronto. Um, it, pr- pretty, yeah, pr- pretty at the front of it all at that time, and those guys were just really clever guys, and I really bonded with them. And I just saw, I said, like them guys just dress however they want, and um, and they're and they're outliers, and I just start behaving like that, and I have never stopped. I, I met you for the first time in 2001 at your shop. We used to do the Mossport Three Rivers, yep, uh, you yep. know, week in between, and yep. so Mike would get a deal Stop. with you guys. I, yeah, I so do. first time I ever shop. saw a food truck was at Multimatic, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, I remember then you wore like a duster, you know, like the trench coat jacket, yeah, yeah. like down to your ankles, yeah. and you're wearing like was ar- it, yeah, and like army boots, yeah, and then just like a polo, like a like a Multimatic polo or something yep. underneath in jeans, and I'm like, that's the guy in charge. Like yeah, that guy doesn't people, seem to give a shit about anything. A lot, of, a lot of people. Okay, there is that aspect. Yeah. You could say, well, that guy doesn't care about his personal grooming, so he can't really <laughs> care about anything. But I think that's probably a, you know, that's an extrapolation that doesn't make sense. I care about everything but that. I mean, I don't. I I shower every day, guys. I mean, I think I don't shave every I day. I haven't picked and, up on an odor. Well, I got one upstairs. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. some odors upstairs, yeah. but I told the boys to pump the brakes on that for, for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, uh, so, it, it, I don't know if this is a fair thing, but uh, it, it's almost as if, in your case, there's a confidence that it inspires by l- not looking the part. Yeah. That it almost like if you're a, if you're somebody at Porsche, now granted by, if you're at a, if you're at a, Decision level making a portion, you probably already know who Larry Holden and Multimatic really right, are. Right. At this so point, it doesn't really matter. At this point, um, yeah. But because you don't necessarily fit the mold of what a 
company head would traditionally look like that almost instills more confidence you think yeah on i i have i don't think it through that deep but yeah i, I do believe that well because uh, you're true to yourself which is where the confidence comes from and that's yeah, my point yeah, yeah 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 that's it yeah i read that's a quote it. from john dunan where he said a lot of people that and this is when he was still with mazda yeah uh, a lot of people that you deal with in the industry will tell you they're going to do something and you don't whether you don't really know if it's going to happen or not whereas larry holt would put his arm around you and say hey we'll get it done and he he knew it would get done and so i don't think like to the opposite of what I originally saw when I looked at you when I was 17 I'm like man that guy doesn't seem to care it almost seems like you are now known for being the guy that if we say we're going to do something we're going to do it and look at me I'm not I'm not full of I'm not just a suit you know I mean that's far more important than the 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 way you look or I mean you've you've got to be you got to be that guy you say I'm going to do this and you do it I mean and sometimes you got to work way way harder than you ever thought you'd have to work to be true to actually deliver on what you said you were going to deliver and you go oh my and a lot of people come back and say no that wasn't what i thought it was going to be um but yeah i don't yeah you can't do that you can't do that and you're going to build a reputation you can easy a reputation you lose a reputation way way faster than you you could ever build one right so you gotta it's it's um having that reputation both Multi, me and I represent Multimatic 100%. That's what I represent. Um, if you're going to do that and, and, and have that reputation, then you have to keep it. You have to retain it. You've got to keep working. And sometimes you got to put a massive amount of effort into something you didn't, you didn't actually think was going to be about an effort, but you have to do it. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to let it down, you know. And Master, Master DPI was a little that way. <laughs> yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ready, fire, aim is kind of a common term we use in business where you maybe take on a project with a somewhat idea of how it's going to work, but not really. Um, in the case of what you're doing, especially with low volume cars or with race programs, we're talking about very, very, very high dollar, high capital commitments. Um, but I have to imagine ready, fire, aim is an aspect of what you're doing. Yeah. You, you, so how do you, I mean, and I understand that everything is its own, but like you've got to put a certain amount of diligence into saying like, how do we not lose our ass on this thing? But at a certain point you have to, you have to give the quote to a program. You don't know what's going to, how it's going to go. And that's the difference between it's very, that's very perceptive, Sean. Absolutely. Because the, the difference between us and an OEM is that the OEMs, they, they actually aim, they have to aim and they spend incredible amount of time and effort and money aiming like to to the point where you know they they um and and they've they've developed systems and processes that allow them to do that and and nail down a program cost timing risk levels this and this this like tight tight band tight tight band and and you know when you do 275 amg ones i mean that program is supposed to be five years of development it went seven and, and um, you know, you point a lot of fingers, and I don't point a lot of fingers. I just say, look, it just, it's just, you know, it's crazy. You know, putting a Formula One engine in the back of a streetcar, and, and, you know, but that, that was just one of the many, many challenges associated with it. And we're still struggling through it. We're building cars now. We're delivering them. Like, we're delivering three, three last week. Did Botas get one? 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, he posted yeah. a picture of a blue one. I didn't yeah. know they, like, they gave him one. That's that's amazing. I yeah. don't know if they yeah, if they. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Even the ones the guys that got them for free are bitching. <laughs> 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 when am I getting my car? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, that was um, so. You do. You have to. You have to go into it. And if you've got the right partner, and they understand, like so, Rajner at Ford, when he when he he was the father of the GT, and and he understood that you know that program he could he can't run that like a ford he'd never do it wouldn't get off the ground would be twice as much money blah 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 and and he he there was a lot of freedom there and he and he ran interference for me and then when we did you know and then he ultimately he's left ford and any program you do now it's difficult to find the next rationaire um they're, they're not there they're you know he's just he's really got a passion for cars and I'm going to say, and this is like, you, you got to look long and hard inside all OEMs to find people that have a true passion for cars. Um, especially if they're, it, they're, they grew up in, they're in Detroit, they grew up in Detroit, and they take a job in, as an engineer in the, in the auto industry. Doesn't mean they're passionate about it's cars because what you do, yeah, right? because yeah. you live in Detroit and the thing. I mean, if Detroit was the center of washing machines, there'd be a lot of guys doing engineering in the, in the in appliance business, right? Right. right. Um, you know, guys that come from like the somewhere you know Texas to come to Detroit to yeah. to to. Well, if you're in Texas, you go work for John Hennessy. But but um, you <laughs> but know, you, it, you, it's like the actor. If you if you're an actor and you move to Hollywood, you're committed to being yes. an actor, and it's the same if, thing if you're going to work exactly, in yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. I think that's, um, you know, you need the guy on the inside. It was Tobias Moore's in the case of AMG that knows that he's going to outsource this thing. And one of the reasons he's outsourcing is they don't have all the technical skills in-house. They need to move quick. They need to maybe not do it via the system. And, and the fact is when you go in and, and Larry quotes it, it may not be balls on and, and he doesn't hold my feet to the fire on that. If you don't get that kind of freedom, then you, you're probably going to get yourself in trouble because it's impossible. You have to have the Ford system to be able to deliver the way Ford wants you to deliver. So one of the key partner things is you do need to have some flexibility on timelines and budgets to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After. yeah. Because you can't, you can't, you don't know what you don't know a lot of time. Because you guys have such a strong reputation for being able to build cars for Aston Martin, Mercedes, and et cetera, uh, you get to say no. Yeah. Is that make like they, the old adage is when you tell them no, they want you more. Is that real? That's yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real. That's, that's a real thing. Unfortunately, it's usually it's real, not so much with the mainstream guys because it's difficult to say no to them, but uh, there's a lot of like real weird companies out there that everybody's doing <laughs> a car, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, we're yeah. doing a car, we're doing a car. And you say, no, and, oh no, I really, really want you. Yeah. But we're not saying no to make you hornier. We're making, we're, we're saying, we're saying no, cause we want you to go away. <laughs> <laughs> What about in, in our little marketing video world, which is a far smaller world, but we do deal with a lot of middle managers with a lot of opinions, but also turnover. Yeah. Guy you're dealing with today might not be the same guy next year. Yeah. Um, is that a thing? Oh, world? Both those things. Just, yeah. There you go. Yeah. To be a s'mores. He, he moved on. And and we had to finish. We finished it up. I mean, the, the guy there now, Shreebi, he's pretty he's pretty good guy, the new, the new CEO. But I've had another CEO since what? then. We're on the third CEO. Of what company? Uh, eh? Of what? Of, of CEO of AMG. Of AMG. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then at Ford, you know, Raj was there. Dave Parasak, who worked for uh, for Raj running Ford Performance, he moved on. He's still at Ford, but he's not in that job anymore. Mark Rushbrook's a great guy. But, I mean, you, you just move and, yeah, they, they do move a lot. 
in the in the North American industry, if you don't move within three or four years, the people they start getting nervous that you're being overlooked, and you know it's like a I mean you know I, I ain't done the same job for thirty three years. For no, Peter, but, if but you're, I, I'm basically doing the same job for thirty three <laughs> yeah, years. If you're the director of whatever division is hiring you, and now you've moved, now you're the new person at that same role. There is a I need to make myself known, which can absolutely influence what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. assume that's not an easy thing. No, that's not. That's not. It's certainly not an easy thing on this, like on the smaller projects where you're doing a component or something, and 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 you've you've just absolutely like one of the things they they try and do is not have relation. Nothing can be relationship based on a Who's say they, OEMs. OEMs, they don't, they you know purchasing and that they don't want they they want it all to be based on purely on performance and stuff. But if you've done a lot of work for them on a particular thing for say three generations and you know all of this stuff and that, yeah, I mean there is an advantage to us being the guy, and and but yeah, at that level that becomes an issue. I think on the complete car side, doing a whole car, it's um, you know it, it's a bit better. I mean. But in those industries, people don't hang around for 33 years. That, that's really weird if you do. Is it true that you bought a Toshiba Toughbook and threw it through a sheetrock wall to see if it would do what they say it could do? <laughs> no, I've no. <laughs> I I use a Panasonic Toughbook. Man, Sorry, you, you're getting okay. it all wrong. <laughs> hey, I did and, a good job earlier. <laughs> I, I um, and I've historically used I've used Panasonic Toughbooks for. 20 is years. that the one with the handle there's one over there yeah it, it's in the docking station but it's over there <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. um and it's yeah. it's and they all look the same okay yeah right yeah and they all look the same and they um but they get better every time they're bigger processors and so still sure. a little screen people go why are you using that because uh, they're gel mounted and they got they're waterproof <laughs> and stuff and no i didn't throw it through a sheetrock wall but i have thrown it i threw i've thrown it two or three times off the pit stand oh okay out of yeah. frustration or to test it no, I never had to test it. Well, okay. the first <laughs> one was a test. The first one was, a, you know, it passed, so it was tested. Okay. But yeah, I, you get, I use, I have this really cool, and I'm still using it. Everybody's got, you know, we got HH and we got, uh, we got all these other things. I still have a little piece of software that we, we called um, Race Strategy, which you work like a, you work it like a stopwatch. But it's counting my fuel down. It's counting this, doing that thing. Got driver time and it does all that. You still got to manually push it. I'm not getting timing from everywhere, but it gives me the lap time of the car every time it goes by. Keeps you on the ball going, especially if you're in a 12-hour race. And and um, I use it so it's on the it's up on the. I originally started using them because I used to do all the data when you get back in time and you put a, a you know a normal laptop up on the top of the car because I run GTs not formula cars and they're plugged in and then you look and then the guy starts it and it falls on the ground <laughs> right. and it breaks it. But this but, has the gel bottom. Is that yeah, the it's got gel bottom. Yeah, it's yeah. this, and even if it falls off, it doesn't break. So I started using them, and then yeah, it was mid O. And and something had happened, and I took it and I threw it, and I said, "Well, that was immature." <laughs> and I got up to go see if it was okay, and it was okay. <laughs> so then, you know, it's open. The poor thing's got it's open. <laughs> yeah. Greatest yeah, band open. of all time, and why is it the Bee Gees? The Kinks. The Kinks. The Kinks. Yeah, that's, we were, a, that's a Prio. Yeah, we yeah. were told Bee Gees. He yeah. said the Bee Gees. He said the Bee Gees. Yeah. Prio told me I'm a Bee Gees fan. Yeah, so I think he got it. He wrong. got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. What he got wrong was that's why he's me. not racing anymore. Ask, ask. That's why he's a test driver. That, says, that's, is that what you just said? That's deeply, is that what you're saying? No, okay. that's just <laughs> wow. 
of all the controversial things that just got said in this entire thing. Yeah. You starting to rumor that yeah. Prio's not driving for me because he told you guys About the that I'm a Bee Gees fan. I feel fan. like you just said that. No, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What I'm thinking and what I'm saying, them are different. Sure, So sure. what – the okay, ask the question. Yeah. What was the first concert you, ever, concert you ever went to? Hey, Lawrence, what was the first concert you ever went to? Bee Gees. Oh, okay. Wow. Massey Hall, 1972. How was it? At that time, it was okay because they hadn't gone disco yet. They were still singing. Uh, they were still singing Massachusetts and okay. things like I that. Okay. I didn't. Go, I my mom gave it to me for my a birth for my birthday, my thirteenth birthday or yeah. something. Yeah. And me and Mark Radford went to see the Bee Gees at Massey Hall, which is an amazing venue still there. And that might be what he's thinking of. Okay. 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 But but that did not make them my favorite band. Get don't get me wrong. I think the Bee Gees are okay. Yeah. And it was the first concert I ever went to. But they're not my favorite band. Okay. So that's that's maybe the Andy Prio. Uh, that says a Translation. lot. Translation. Yeah. He forgets the details. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? He forgets the details. But the Kinks are your go-to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay. okay. Yeah, I like the Kinks. Absolutely. Okay. Great band. Yeah. Okay. Davies Brothers. Ray, Ray, yeah. Ray and Dave Davies. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite program that's not current? Race program. Yeah. One that you look back on like that was the program. Ah. I, I'm, I'm most fond of the master program. I mean, the DPI? Yeah, because yeah. we pulled it out of a bad place. Yeah. John Doonan is an absolute joy to work with. Um, everything he said he would do for me, did. Everything I said I would do for him, we did. We didn't have all the pro, you know, we didn't win a championship. We didn't, we didn't beat Roger's ass like I wanted to, um, you know. But um, we did take it from it around a lot yeah, yeah we turned it around and we won you know that summer even when we weren't actually running the cars but we were doing all of the engineering the race engine i was race engineering car and the performance engineering was all done i mean uh, yost was still changing the wheel nuts at that time and we went them three races in a row from watkins gun to mosport to road america you know this mass this summer that was a big deal that was that was a bit emotional, and then this race, this race was uh, winning. There's, yeah, there's you know yeah. there's something still just a little bit off about. I'll ask you guys what that would be. Like it's not perfect. About winning Sebring? Yeah, not perfect. About that year? Yeah. What year was this? The November Oh, so you didn't do it in front of a crowd? Well, no. It, it, the thing that bothered me the most about it wasn't the right time of year. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, it wasn't in March. So, so we did. We won Sebring, fair and square, big race. Right. Did all the stuff right. The, the heat of March kind of thing, thing, but we didn't do it in, when it should. You know, we nah, were, we won Sebring, yeah. and everyone goes in November. That's weird. What the oh, hell was yeah, that? I got you. I got you. <laughs> is the is the B2K40 win at Le Mans the biggest win? Well, a lot of people say this would be because we took over running these and things. Yeah. But no, to this day, for me, the B2K40 race win at Le Mans. Breaking the gearbox in the middle of the night, stealing the part, taking one apart off the trailer uh, because Brain wouldn't, he wanted cash. I took just out the broken parts, put Martin, it all Martin back Brain in the box. Lola wanted cash. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> put, put, put all the back in the trailer, rebuilt it, we won. Yeah. The gearbox that we took the parts out of 12 years later when I, got, I bought the rights and we used the thing, I found the box. And and Dave Scottney, who said he would yeah. put it back together for me, he was a good man. didn't ever put it back together again. It was just the parts. Yeah, that's that coffee table right there. Ha! No, that's way. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's the parts. Yeah, you can see the you're missing yeah, the rockers. That's the Hewland out of yeah. that. That's the Hewland that, that we just took the parts out of. It's never been used. It was, yeah. there's five parts missing out right. of that box. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the biggest for me. And it was, you know, Scott and I and no money. And, and um, it was just tremendous, emotional, amazing thing. Sean was there. Yeah. It's just a great, it was a great thing for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm a young engineer, what's the best way to talk myself out of a job? Talk yourself out? Yeah. Talk about project management aspects. You know, project management aspects of engineering are becoming so super important, right? And think I'm good at, you know, and I do timing charts and this and this, and I want to be part. I would uh, yeah, go do that for somebody else. Come in and tell me what your passion is, your technical passion. Don't tell me that you know all the, you know, I can use this kind of CAD system. I can, I can, I, you know, talk about the soft, what software, you know, and what this and project management and all the, all the peripheral stuff. And guys do come in and talk about that because somebody's told them it's really important. And in, in Ford world, it, some of that is really important. Uh, come in and say, you, yeah, go do that for somebody. But else. if you're 23, you're looking for passion because passion means you're adaptable. Absolutely. Yeah. Coming in and telling me all the software stuff you can run and this and how many courses you took outside of your main engineering for, you know, yeah, interacting with people and I f off all that. <laughs> you, st you strike me as someone that's like, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. You know, like if you are good at Which is hard in an interview. Yeah. Even though, yeah, yeah. yeah. Show me in an interview. How do you do Well, this? also, if yeah. you're told this is what they want to hear, how are you? they supposed to know that you're yeah. not that way? Unless right. they listen to this podcast, which shows they're a racing fan. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, the, the Jeff Clinton incident at Homestead, um, terrible accident. He obviously succumbs to his injuries, and then it becomes a lawsuit for you guys. Because and I and I don't know the specifics because I was really young. I think I was 19, and I'd been working with with Mike for a couple of years at that point. Um, terrible accident. He obviously succumbs to his injuries, um, but you got involved in a lawsuit, Mike uh, Lola Homestead. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like everybody, I, I, like, like, we'll we'll just go real quick over. Yeah, I, yeah. it's not something I want to really revisit. Yeah, honestly, this is this kid doesn't even have to go in. No, it. no, it's okay. I'll talk to you about it because yeah, you were you were there and the um. So first of all, you know the car the car he got it backwards and it, it yeah. went aerodynamically yeah. unstable. Okay, and so we we weren't part of that. So right. the root cause of the car going in the air wasn't really anybody's fault. A lot of those kind of cars went in the air when they went backwards back in those days. And coming off that banking, and you know how it gets upset going down into one, and he got it. He he got it turned around, um, and it went upside down. And there's actually a spectator picture of the I've thing seen it standing up yeah. in the air. Yeah, you can and, see the Delara. The Judge yeah. Delara is like right there. And, he's, yeah, and the roll bar of the thing is about eight feet from the ground. Yeah, even though it's like this, and the yeah. tail of the car is only that. Yeah. you know, it's not the the roll bar. The center of gravity of the car is eight feet off the ground. And and so, you know, if you calculate what kind of energy that thing has when it came down, it took a divot out of the pavement like that. And then, it, you know, that it even withstood that. And then it hit again. Then it got in a gravel trap upside down, which is never a good thing either. And then, you know, ultimately the, the tub came apart. And, and, and it wasn't, the, you know, people say, oh, roll case tore off the car. But, like, if you look at a car, there's a large chunk of the car missing. And so, yes, roll bar and large chunks of the car got tore off. And, you know, when you look at, the way that car was configured then you know at those at that time the top of the tub was about at your at your shoulder yeah, level yeah. you're belted in hard with with a crotch belt you can't scooch down and you got a hands on so car upside down in the gravel trap hits the end of the gravel trap and and catches all that and tears finally after about three four hits it gets all tore up and um yeah and it was a pretty nasty piece of work and then, yeah, Jeff, you know, Jeff's a racer. Uh, sorry, uh, Jerry. Jerry's Jerry's a racer. You know, he raced Trans Am and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's really Jeff's dead. 
yeah, yeah, Je- yeah. Jeff's dad, Jerry, and and but he he really I think he really wanted to find somebody at fault for that, and and you would maybe right. So yeah, he he immediately sued Lola, Nissan, the engine builder, Dunlop, the tire supplier, uh, Homestead, uh, Homestead, the track, Grand Am, the sanctioning body. But not Multimatic because he had no vi- visibility on Multimatic, right? And so that all went on for about two years. And at one point, I think Martin Burain, Lola, settled and gave gave Jerry $2 million or something just to get rid of it. Not No admission of guilt or nothing. Uh, the whole time I was working in the background to, to provide, because we were asked, provide all the calculations to find that element analysis, the thing, the testing paperwork, the FIA test, the thing of giving of this all and showing them and, and helping Lola through this as their expert witness. And then about a week or two before there was a statute of limitations of some kind, like two years into this, uh, we got enjoined as a defendant. And, um, and then it all kicked off again and we went through all this process of proving and and they sued us for our for our um insurance limit which i think was 24 million or something and then and so i went to discoveries i don't know if you've ever been through it but you got to sit there for like a day and they ask you all these questions and they and they have all the answers so that they can ask you again on the on the stand and um and they did that three or four times and it went on for four years and we find, and yeah, they, you know, do you want to settle? And so they reduced their claim and, you know, the thing. And they said they'll settle for $5 million. And then I can't remember the numbers our insurance company. I said, no, I don't believe that we, and, and I want to be righteous. And Peter let me be righteous, by the way. Peter left, let me be righteous. I want to be righteous because we didn't do anything wrong. And, and the accident was one of those fluke accidents. It was a fluke accident. And yes, Jeff got killed. It was tragic. He had two kids and thing. It was tragic. And, you know, I'm never, never going to downplay that. Um, and so we went for four years, and then I said, no, I don't want to settle. And the insurance company, anyway, we didn't settle. And then they pumped it up. I think they pumped it up to $60 million or something, and I, which got thrown out in the early stages. It, it went back to something. And and then our insurance company's looking at it all, and um, Jerry's insurance company got – or Jerry's – hired uh, the guy who did like the explorer rollovers and the guy was just a expert expert witness like the best you know came up with all this goofy stuff but he he wasn't really grounded in fact and and you know being grounded in fact fact will win even if it's a jury that don't have the physics under don't understand the physics of it they will somehow innately understand the truth and and i I really learned that, and this is one of those things that's a life lesson, four years of that. And and so our insurance company said, you know, we want to put you on the stand as our expert witness. You know more about this car than anybody else. You did all the calculations. You know the thing. You've done all this work. We've looked at what they're doing and what, you know, what you're saying, and we think you're going to represent us way better. And I said, oh, f- man, what's that? So I'll be a couple of days on the stand. And uh, so we all, you know, we end up doing all this prep work and and stuff and i went down there i remember going down there to so it was in miami dade courtroom in the old courtroom there in downtown miami on the same floor as al capone went down on that's a thing i went down there on a friday and victoria actually came over and flew over monday morning i went two days of trial prep and I, i was i stopped eating and and uh she got up on a Monday. we got up on a monday morning i go where are you going 
She goes, I'm going to the courthouse with you. I go, no, I can't take that. I can't, you can't, you know, with everything else having you in there, I don't want to have you in there. So she came all the way to Miami from England and stayed in a hotel for three days. <laughs> anyway, so we we went through all that, and and um, our uh, the guys who helped me with the thing did a really, really good job. We had some good illustrations. you got to remember the audience. You know, nobody's probably in there might not have had grade 10 or maybe high school, but nobody's sitting in there understanding the physics of this car and what happens, you know, Newton's laws and all that stuff. And so we did all these illustrations, really cool kind of cartoony kind of things. And, you know, with all respect, never, never making fun of everything. And, and um, anyway, we got to like Wednesday lunchtime. I still hadn't eaten anything since Friday. and uh, Just stress and nerves, oh, just all of it. Yeah. Just, just like Pete phones me on a Sunday night. He goes, how you doing? Yeah, I go, I'm okay. He's, uh, he said, um, you, you haven't get through that yet. Uh, confidence? Because, cause, you know, it went to 60, went beyond our insurance limit. He says, you sure? I said, yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. And I'm fairly righteous. You know, I believe that. I believe that even with all the convoluted shit I've said today, I still ultimately believe that the right thing will happen. The right thing, the right thing happened with me at Ryerson. In the end, I got reinstated. I got my degree, and and the right thing will happen, right? And and so I had a confidence in that. And I said, but I'm pretty wound up, Pete. He goes, you know, <laughs> there's people that pay for the kind of the kind of thrill that you're getting right now. They're kind of a ah, f- off like. <laughs> But it was tough, and but he stood 100% behind me, 100%. I never forget that, right? And he gave me some good advice afterwards that I won't share with you. But he gave me some amazingly good advice afterwards because I got a little euphoric at the end and stupid, and he and he stopped me from being stupid. And he because I got because when you go through all that and you do get a little bit uh, euphoric. Anyway, I come out Wednesday afternoon, and um, it was done. You know, we didn't get a verdict till Friday, but. I knew it was done. And um, and I said, the phone Victoria. She got a taxi. She picked me up. Oh, and while we were there, Sean, we, we brought our car down. They brought the car down that was wrecked, you know, and we brought our car down. Here's what the car looks like and well built and everything. And we were keeping it at Sylvain's shop um, up, just up the, up the road, right? And so anyway, we all out in front of the courtroom on Wednesday, and I'm like completely relieved. And I said, come on, let's go to South Beach. So Victoria and I went to South Beach. And um, woke up in the hotel like 38 hours later um, with a lot under the bridge, a lot of, a lot of and I, yeah, I, I've run up like 1100 bucks, uh, 11,000 bucks on my credit card, just getting over it, you know, just drinking my, drinking it away. I just drank it all away and ate and drank and ate and drank. And two years later, I got diagnosed with, uh, um, <laughs> with having type 2 diabetes and she's you know, thinking yeah you didn't have this the last time you had this and that happened and this and what do you have you, you've, you've, did you do something absolutely spectacularly stupid to your metabolism in the, like what like not eat for some days and then and so I'm not going to say that, that that did it but you know all everything I really f***ed myself up yeah. with that yeah. um, and to this day it's still absolutely tragic that somebody died in a racing car that we did but it was also a little bit out of our hands i mean we did the chassis but the thing went in the air because it was unstable going backwards and um yeah i'm not it's like the low point of our 
for sure for me the low point. And it, I won't say it spoiled the Le Mans win because it was the same type of car. I mean, for me, the Le Mans win was massive and it was done with a car that we did the chassis for. And that was a really positive, a hugely positive thing. But that that really was not good. And, um, you know, Mike and I didn't talk for a long time because Mike sort of, you know, he, he was over on this side and it all it was Mike kinda, Johnson. He was my boss at the time. He was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Mike, yeah, Mike was, you know, and he, he's St. Louis and that's the St. Yeah, Louis thing. They're all St. Louis boys, yeah, they right? Grew up together. They're, you know, and that was tragic for him and he was over there. We got over all that and Mike and I are back being, we're, we're great friends. And, um, but yeah, that was a down for me in my entire motorsport career. That's absolutely the bottom. That would be the absolute bottom of it was was that yeah. incident. So there you go. And that ties us together yeah. pretty tight from that time, from that period. The one thing I tell people whenever the story comes up is that that changed the director or the direction for Grand Am. Yeah. Because they didn't want open top cars anymore. No, and so did. we ended up going towards a safer it did. option. Created Daytona prototypes. Daytona prototypes, which is now, yeah. you know, we've gone away from the two frame thing, but it's still yeah. closed top, closed cockpit, yeah. and it's probably saved more lives down the road yeah so. for sure that 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 was yeah i don't want to say what you know what was it it, it met the rules I, I never want to stand behind it met the rules it actually it, it exceeded the rules by 2.6 times but it it was a it was a god it was just a ter- terrible terrible accident and then um yeah and i can understand exactly why jerry you know wanted to find somebody who may who who was in, why was but he didn't he never closed it. He, my, my, what I feel the worst about is Jerry never closed that. Jerry should have said, this race, this terrible racing accident, right? We, we did, I never wanted to pick through it and go, he went in too quick or he did this or that, he, that, that, or something happened with the car. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to do all those things, but you keep getting drawn into that stuff. I hate that, that I, I hate that kind of product litigation. I've been involved with it a lot of times on the road car side and I despise it, but in the end, I always do it. I always, I'm always the guy for the company. Yeah, it's not nice. All right, let's end on a better note. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why don't so, we just do, yeah, ne- end it on an upside ne- here. So somehow. next year, uh, so next year you've got, uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be the winter time. So 2023 yeah. has already happened. So imminent from this podcast coming out, uh, the Mustang GT3 yeah. will be coming out. Yep. I don't know what will or has been announced, but let's assume for argument's sake, if, if the Mustang GT3 is on track and Joey Hand is driving, will you win every race? It depends who I put with him. Huh, Okay. And it's BOP'd. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Who's, uh, who will be calling strategy for that car? Will you be calling strategy? Um, no, I'll okay. probably be doing Harry's car. So Harry's going to be Harry? Harry Ticknell. Oh, in the Harry uh, Ticknell okay. will be in one car. In Joey will be in the other. Yeah. So you'll be you'll be you'll be calling a. I'll be on the box. On a well, whenever I'm on the box, I call both. You know, sure. if I think somebody's not doing, are you most likely? Well, I'll even I, race engineer the thing if I think yeah, somebody's I got not. You. Okay. And they all they got all the strategy software and everything, but I still go. You know, no, that's a good time to stop. Yeah, oh, I understand. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you think you'll be on GTE or GTD Pro on the box? Well, no, both cars will be will be pro cars. Well, then never mind. <laughs> both cars. Are you trying to see, see if, if you we guys could, we could, go we could race each other? Yeah. yeah. No, but, it's okay. got both cars will be pro cars. Okay. That's what Ford wants. Do you Saying that, you know what? You know what? Uh, maybe. Oh. 
Okay. That's not a no. What if what if I uh, <laughs> send me your resume? I'll send you a resume. I've tell got them, passion. Tell, tell them that you're good about formats and management. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, um, so I'm watching, you know, like I watch. So, yes, Ford, it's two pro cars, GT, GTD Pro, you know, two pro cars. This is what we're doing, right? And, yeah, we'll sell cars to other people, but I ain't going to get any to anybody for Daytona customer cars i gotta get eight cars out if you think and it and it there's a lot of pressure and i won't go in the background but i gotta have two for the beginning of the imsa uh, series two for the beginning of wet series that's march then i gotta have i'm gonna need um, some for sro two cars in sro so i gotta have eight cars to teams that can run them and then does anybody want any cars after that who wants a car (sighs) mid-season So I'm all about building eight cars. I'm building my two IMSA cars now at risk because in the end, uh, we're not getting homologation until mid-October. So um, Porsche got their ass kicked doing that last year, and they had to change a bunch of bodywork. So so anyway, we're going to – yeah, right now Ford's plan is – that. so we got Proton in in WEC, which was a big – that's a relationship. Pretty good team. But then I watch the weekend, and I watch, say, you know, the Lexus cars, and they got one pro – they got they got pro car and they got and then he got you know, there's all this like you know gtd cars ahead of the pro and then he go and they go you know maybe you gotta like put you know put one on red 36 and one on black 21 like maybe you gotta run one of each yeah, yeah. i mean i haven't i haven't had that. and so you heard it here first i'm gonna have that conversation with mark rushbrook i'm gonna say you know i'm watching this thing here and there's not a lot of guys that are you know they're running two just pro cars yeah right but, yeah yeah yes, sir. yeah yeah, I mean, and you can have pro silvers. Last question. Yeah. Do you have a, a future development deal yet with Chase Hand? Is he signed oh, for like the? Great I'm told I'm very interested. Yeah. I got Ryan Maxwell. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've and told you, Joe, and I've told Joey yes. Yeah. Well, we will get it. We will get him in a car this yeah. year. And you yeah. did legitimately help Seb Prio quite a bit through his. Yeah, career, I still so. am. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, he's yeah. he's he's yep. He's with Gunner. I mean, Gunner was with me a long yeah. time. And, yeah. So, um, yes, I've got my eye on yeah. Chase. Yeah, kid's going to be. I think yeah. it's be a big deal. So do I. Yeah. So do I. Do you know how fast his mom was? No. Natalie was a hell of a carter. Really? Yeah, yeah growing up. Yeah, oh, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm a big uh, – Joey's it's just – he's yeah. awesome. All right. So, uh, when people hit play and don't necessarily know the name Larry Holt because you're more of an industry guy, what's the, what's the thing you want people to, to take away from this episode? Away from it? Yeah. Like, what's the legacy you want to leave behind? That I, I'm interesting, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> didn't sell me. I, that I'm didn't. not a criminal. Because <laughs> <laughs> I reformed. never got. Because I got. I got. You got the crown let me off. Yeah, but I'm. I'm, I'm not a criminal. Yeah. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> you were indicted, but <laughs> no. Um, but uh, yeah, just I think that I. Everybody should about me. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm not as crazy as I seem. I mean, I'm quite serious about a lot of stuff. I, okay, That's the piss, worst sell piss you've off. ever heard. Like, you guys f*** off out of my house. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. That could be the end since yeah. we, we didn't pay for well, yeah, lunch. I don't know. I mean, Continental yeah. got us no, here. No, you, you, yeah. no, but I got you a chicken sandwich. You did. You did. No, 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 no. So, I mean, normally we say Continental got the check. But no, was, you don't have to say Continental got the check. I think, it's, uh, it's, it's been very pleasurable for me too, guys. Nina's got the check. I think I – no, no, this is payback for that podcast. I've never paid for the podcast. So, no, I mean, you, you guys have entertained me 
endlessly on long drives. You, I, I do have to say that when you first said that you listened to the show and that also Raj is listening to the show, I got immediately nervous. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, no, God. No, no, guys. <laughs> you guys are very, very – this is very unique and really, really good. Thank well, you. we have great Thank partners, you. but we are for sale. Um, <laughs> anyway. Come on, Sean. Let's go load the Ford Explorer up. Meow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And once again, we're going to close out with uh, Larry's son, Jeff, who has his own band called Stranger Stranger, S-T-R-N-G-R. And believe it or not, they actually wrote a song in reference to the story you just heard. It's called Mech Force 10. Enjoy. Now let me tell you all the story of Mech Force 10 versus the guards from Ryerson, Polytechnic. 